All right, if you guys can remember what we've been talking about for the last 12, 12 weeks, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. If you haven't figured it out yet, we're not really a uh, cotton candy church. We preach hard things, and spiritual things offend the carnal mind. And I, if anything, as we've went through this series, I've, I hope that you've been, you've been challenged by what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit and what the Bible says about you and your partnership, your, your fellowship with, with the Holy Spirit. And I hope that you can respect me for pre- preaching hard things to you. And not everybody can take hard things, but don't worry, in a little while we'll get off hard things and get something that we, isn't controversial or whatever you want to say. But we're still in our in our teaching on, on Holy Spirit, and we've, and we've gotten to the place where we're looking at the nine gifts of the Spirit. The nine gifts of the Spirit. And understand that the nine gifts of Holy Spirit are not your gifts. Right? They do not operate independent of Holy Spirit. They only operate through the Holy Spirit working through you in partnership. And how do you come into partnership with Holy Spirit? First of all, you come into partnership through faith. If you don't believe, don't worry. You won't have to ever worry about operating the gifts of the Holy Spirit. First of all, it's by faith, and then it's by submission. Submitting to the Holy Spirit's leading, guiding, and empowering through you. And we've gotten to to, uh, the power of gifts, and we're looking at the gifts of healings today. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting out verse 1, It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians believe that ignorance is bliss, right? Until until things happen, until they don't have answers, until you meet the person that doesn't believe in God, and it's just you don't have an argument with them anymore, and the only thing you have left is the power of God to manifest his presence. Ignorance is not bliss. Verse 2, you know that you were Gentiles carried away by these dumb idols, however you were led, and, and religion is a dumb idol. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's purpose, his main purpose, is to glorify Jesus Christ, right? And we're going to be seeing this in a couple of scriptures that I've put in here, that, that the whole purpose behind the gifts of the Spirit, behind the, the working and the power and the manifestations of God is to glorify Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He is the representation of the true nature of God. He is love in the flesh. There are diversities of gifts. That means different types of gifts, but the same Spirit. So these different types of gifts come through the same Spirit. The Holy Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. So where do these work? They work in all, and it's in all. Right? But the manifestation, the manifestation is the revealing of the Spirit is given to everyone for the profit of all. That's another thing that you have to understand, that the gifts of the Spirit are not for the individual It's to profit others. It's for service. These are service gifts. These are ministry gifts, right? If you want to profit yourself, we're going to get into that in the last teaching. There's a way to profit yourself spiritually and walk by faith and stand on the word of God. That's how an individual profits himself. But the gifts of the Spirit are for the profit of others. Verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one in the same Spirit work all these things, distributing to each, each one individually as he wills. That the Holy Spirit wills, he operates through his body to manifest the gifts, right? And see, we do need some wisdom here, right? Because these gifts can be very confusing because 
You know, what, what is, we learned about what the gift of faith is, but today we're looking at the gift of healings, and then next week we're going to look at the, the gift of miracles. Isn't a miracle and a healing the same thing? No, it's not. They're different. The gifts are the manifestation of God, and they are to confirm the gospel. Look at what Jesus said here in Mark chapter 16, verses 14 through 20. It says, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he was risen. I want you to think about something. Jesus rebukes unbelief. Jesus rebukes the hardness of heart. And what did they not believe? They did not believe those that were telling them that Jesus has risen from the dead. We are to be believers. When, when people say that Jesus did something, we are to believe that Jesus did this. Right? And, and the problem with most Christians is, is when we hear that God has done a mighty work or a mighty move, we want a bunch of proof to prove that he did it. We should be the opposite. You're going to have to prove to me that he didn't do it. We're believers. We believe that God is alive. We believe that he's all-powerful. We believe that Jesus manifests his presence in the earth today. And he rebuked them because they didn't believe, not because they didn't believe when they seen him, but they didn't believe the testimony of another individual. And in 15, he says, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes, notice he just rebuked them. For unbelief and hardness of heart. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. He's teaching them something here. He just rebuked them for unbelief. And now he's showing them, if you're going to move forward in, in the kingdom, this is how you do it, boys. You can't be hard-hearted. You have to believe. Right? Amen. Amen. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who what? Believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then after, then after the Lord spoke to them, He was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. Amen. So be it. So what did Jesus do? What was the Lord doing? He was working independent from them? No, with them. With them. And how was he doing it? Through accompanying signs, confirming what? The words of Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ. It, this was the great commission. This is what the church was supposed to look like. Look at Paul's dependence on the power of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, Paul says this to the Corinthians, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in all weakness, in fear, in much trembling. See, that, that, that's the problem is, is most, most people don't want to be seen weak. They don't want to seem trembling. They, they, they worry about, you know, they, they spend more time trying to, to pronounce a word right or work on their communication skills than what we're about to read that Paul concentrated on. I'm weak. I get up here and tell you that it's all by the grace of God that any of this has been brought together. And I'm surprised every Sunday when anybody walks in the door. It's all because of God. I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is the Apostle Paul. And he was totally dependent on the Holy Spirit and the power of God and the the preaching of the cross and the, the foolishness of the cross. 
to win men's, men's hearts. And that's where we should be too. So these nine gifts, these, these, these things that the Holy Spirit wants to do through us to bring glory to Jesus, we just read and, 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 the, and we, what we did is we put them into categories so we can just understand them better. And we looked, went through the first three already. We went through the revelation gifts. That was the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. If you weren't here, you can pick up the CDs in the back or they're, they're on our website. You can listen to them. Um, now we're in the power or energy Last week, we looked at the gift of faith, right? And today, we're looking at the gift of healings. And then tomorrow, or next Sunday, we'll be looking at the working of miracles. Then we'll be moving on into the inspiration gifts. We're going to be looking at prophecy, the gift of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Prophecy is not this, uh, this prophecy that he's talking about, the gift of the spirit of prophecy, not the ministry office of a prophet, is different. And a lot of people think of you know, Old Testament prophets. We're not Old Testament prophets. We're not supposed to prophesy through the, the way the Old Testament saying, or believers did. We're supposed to, we're New Testament prophets, right? And that's what a lot of people do. They want to show up like Elijah and, and cast, call down fire from heaven and burn, burn things up. And, and, I, and the disciples wanted to do that because this town didn't believe in them. And the sons of thunder said, shall we call down fire from heaven and consume them? And he says, you do not know what spirit you are of. So we, we, we need to understand this, these differences. And today we're looking at the gift of healings. The gift of healings is not one of the five-fold ministries. Have anybody ever heard of a healing evangelist or a divine healer? Do you know those are, those are titles of, that men have made up? There's nowhere in the Bible that says that there's the office of a divine healer or office of a healing evangelist. This is a gift that accompanies the preaching of the gospel. This is a gift that manifests, the Holy Spirit manifests to proclaim that the gospel is true. The fivefold offices are the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And these, these, these pastors, these apostles, these prophets, these teachers, they should teach people how to walk in divine health. Believers should not need the gift of healings in their life. It's for others. Maybe if you're a young believer, you might need someone to pray for you, to lay hands on you. But as we're going to see, there's different ways to be healed. There's different ways to, be, to receive healing. And the greatest way to be healed is to pray for yourself and stand on the Word of God. To believe the truth, stand on the Word of God and, and proclaim his, his promises over your life and thank Him and walk in and receive what has been given through the cross. But that's a believer. A believer walks in the new creation realities. A believer walks in the promises of God. A believer walks in his kingdom. But there are, look at all the different ways that God has tried to get healing over to individuals. There's also the laying hands on the sick through the prayer of faith. Right? Jesus, we just read, Jesus says, go into all the world, preach the gospel. He says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Right? So an individual can lay hands on another individual in faith and see them made well. But here's the, here's the situation with that, is that the person that you're laying hands on has to be in faith also. They have to be in faith also. You know, Catherine Kuhlman, I don't know if you guys are familiar with her. You, you should be, but um, Catherine Kuhlman, she, she was a, a preacher, and, and, and she had signs and wonders and heal, great healings in her, in her crusades and her, in, in her ministry. And she made the statement that 30%, 30% of the people that were healed during the service kept it. The rest, it returned to them again. And the reason why 
is because we look to individuals as our healer. We look to individuals, a man or a woman, and you get into an atmosphere of faith and of magnification of Jesus and in a place where the gifts of the Spirit are happening, you, it's easy to receive in that environment, right? Hopefully on Sunday morning here at Karis, you come alive, you're coming alive to God, and, but, but then Monday's coming, you know? And you've got to walk these things out in your daily life. And so these people would get, get in this atmosphere, and they would receive healing, major miracles happening. But then what would happen is they'd, they'd go out Monday morning, and a symptom would come back up, an ache, a pain. And because we did not teach, how, teach people to how to walk in their healing, walk believing God, how to take their authority as a believer over their body, they say, oh, that pain's back. It must not have worked. And they actually bring it back on themselves. Instead of standing on the word of God and saying, no, in the name of Jesus Christ, I was healed, and I'm standing on my healing, and there's nothing you can do to change my mind about it. Or whatever, however it comes out of your mouth. So, the laying hands on the sick, we lay hands on the sick by faith. But understand something, the people you're laying hands on need to have faith also. And then, and then there's natural doctors. I mean, thank God for natural doctors. Because most of us would have been dead already if it wasn't for natural doctors until you can believe God, right? And he gives man wisdom, and he gives men ability, right? But our faith is not in doctors. Our faith is in God, right? They can help in the healing process. And then another way is to call for the ministers and the elders of the church, and we're going to look at this one because this is one that is, is misunderstood, James chapter 5, 14 and 15 says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayers of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will rise him up. And if he has committed any sins, they will be, he will be forgiven him. This is my understanding. I don't say that I have all the answers, but if you notice, there's very few times that I will just grab someone and tell them and pray for them. Because I see places where you see faith and people have to want to receive it. You know, how many people did Jesus go to heal and he says, do you desire to be made well? How many people came and asked to be healed by Jesus? Right? And in this, see, we, th- we think... This anointing with oil that we just anoint everybody that's sick. We form a line up here and ask people to come up and just have an anointing line. No. What does it say? He says, if anyone is sick, let him call for the elders of the church. See, if you're sick and you're sitting at home having a pity party saying, I'm sick. Why isn't the pastor calling me? Why is any of the leaderships of the church calling me? You call us. That's faith. That's putting faith in this. You call us, we come. Do you understand that? You have a responsibility in this. Let them call for the elders. And the elders will come and they will anoint you with oil. And pray the prayer of faith, joining with your faith. And the prayer of faith will save, save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if they committed any sins, he will be forgiven them. See, this, this is actually talking about a new, new, new believer. Again, a mature believer should be standing on the word of God for themselves. Should use their own authority through Christ Jesus over their own life. Take their own, Paul says, I take my own body under submission, right? What does that mean? Well, just let's use a simple thing. You go to McDonald's, and you want something. You, you go in there thinking, you know what? I need to start eating better. Today's a salad day. I need a salad. 
But you walk in and all of a sudden, the fries hit your face. And you start salivating and, and all of a sudden you get up there and you, you got two Big Macs, a large fry, and a, and a Diet Coke. But, but that's taking your body under submission. You are not to be led by your flesh. You're to be led by what? The Spirit. Right? And so, if we, and that's why, that's why fasting is, a, is important. See, we don't fast to get God to do something. We fast to put our body under submission. And when you put your body under submission, so the same thing is with sickness. Right? I think... I'm getting better as I go along, but my, my, my voice was a little hoarse starting this morning. You know, the four years that we've started this church, I'm just going to do four years because as long as most of you have known me, I've never missed a Sunday. I've never been sick. Now, but if you use natural wisdom, I'm a prime candidate for every sickness and flu bug that comes around. I have four kids. They're all in, in school. I deal with people all day long. I've got two jobs, four kids and a wife, so I'm stressed out, unfortunately, sometimes, and drained, right? I'm human. But I, I've had lots of opportunities. Sickness has come knocking at my door, but I don't give it the authority to dwell there. And, I, and I, I, understand, I understand if you might not understand what I'm saying, but you take your authority over your body and say, sickness and disease, you don't have a right to. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in me. And you walk it out by faith. And what does walking out by faith mean? When your body wants to eat fries and, you're, and you know that you're supposed to be eating a salad, you eat the salad. When your body starts aching and you think, I need to climb in bed or take a sick day, you go to work. You walk it out by faith. And Understand something. Don't do that. Don't do that because I said to do it. Do it because you believe it. That's a difference too. It has to be a revelation inside of you. Right? You know, a lot of people, a lot of people don't go to the doctor because they want to prove that they have faith. No. You don't go to the doctor to prove you have faith. You don't, you go, to, you don't go to the doctor because you have faith. We don't use religion. We don't say, look at God, I'm not going to the doctor today, so this shows you that I really believe. No. You're not going to twist God that way. You're not going to, you can't prove anything to God. He doesn't heal you because of what you do anyways. He healed you because of what Jesus Christ has done. Right? So I'm telling you, if you are sitting there thinking, well, I've got to prove to God that, that i got faith, so I'm not going to go to the doctor, you better go to the doctor. Right? So if you're sick, don't get mad at me if I don't come up to you and say, can we pray for you? No, that's your responsibility. That's your responsibility. There are times, though, when the Holy Spirit gives a boldness to the gift of healings that we are to pray and deliver people from sickness and disease through the, through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ, independent of their faith. And we're going to see this in a little bit. So all those are different ways for us to be healed. But none of them, none of them are the gift of healings. The gift of healings. The gift of healings is the supernatural healing power of God working through a person to heal a sickness or affliction instantaneously. Right? Right? You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall, what, recover. A lot of times that's not instantaneously. It has to do with faith. It has to do with believing. It has to do with the authority, right? And sometimes we got to walk out our recovery. How? Through faith. They shall recover. Now, but the gift of healings is instantaneously. A gift of healings is a boldness that overcomes a believer and they see someone and it, it just rises up in you, pray for that person, and they will be made well. And as soon as you do that, you know what happens? 
There's another thought that comes in and says, but what happens if it doesn't work? And you know what happens then? We say, well, I can't pray for them because I have unbelief. And no, you don't have unbelief. You had a temptation. You had a temptation not to believe. Unbelief would be, oh, I just thought, what happens if they don't get healed so I don't pray? Right? Faith would be, I don't care what my mind's saying. I don't care how, if I'm scared in the name, I'm go, you go forward and you pray for that individual. You do what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. But there's a boldness. There's, a, there's, a, there's something that comes over you. Tell, I'm telling you, if, if it rises up in you that you need to pray for someone, that is not you. If it, especially if they're sick. Especially if they're in a wheelchair. Especially if there's something that is physically wrong with them. If something rises up on the inside of you saying you need to pray for this individual, they will be healed. That's not you. Because you don't want to do that. Our carnal minds, our minds do not want to do that. And that's our opportunity to come in union with the Holy Spirit and do something and let Him do something that only He can do. Amen. So that's the difference. That's the difference. Um, all these other ways of being healing can be a process, it depends on people's faith, all of these things. The gift of healings is you cooperating with what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do, and he does it all. He does it all. Matthew 8, 2 through 3. This is Jesus. This is an example of Jesus. It says, And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, look at, but the leper came to Jesus. And behold, the leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus says he's willing. If you want to know if Jesus is willing to heal you today, he's willing. He's not a what? He's not a respecter of persons, right? He doesn't like one person more than other, other people, right? So if he was willing to do it for one, he's willing to do it for all. Matthew 8, 14 and 15. Now when Jesus had come to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick of the fever. So he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and served them instantaneously. He seen that she was sick. He touched her. He went forward, and she was instantly healed. In Matthew 15, 30-31, Then the great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, the mute, the maimed, and many others. There's just one thing I want you to see here. The lame, the blind, the mute, the maimed. Do you know what it means to be maimed? It means to be missing body parts. And many others. And they laid them down at Jesus' feet and he healed them. So the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind seen, and they glorified the God of Israel. And we're worried about, will God heal a headache? Jesus put body parts back on people. Let's look at the church. In Acts chapter 3, 4 through 8, it says, in, this is Peter and John, and he says, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him up by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received their strength. So he, so he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Notice what happens when people get healed. There is a, there's a praise unto God that, that is manifest. And this was Peter and John. And you're, if you're sitting here thinking, you know, that was Peter and John. They were apostles. Who am I? You know what? Peter and John, Peter said, when the, when the uh, religious leaders came out and said, what's the meaning of this? 
He says, do not think, brethren look at us, do not think that it's our own holiness that made this man well before you. But it was faith in the name of Jesus that made this man well. And if you have faith in the name of Jesus, you can make people well through him. I got to put that in there because people take my words out of context. <laughs> through Jesus. Acts chapter 9, 17, 18. And Ananias, you know, we never hear about Ananias again. Ananias went his way, entered the house, and laying hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. Notice something here, that the gifts of the Spirit, this, we've talked about this one already before. Ananias had what? He had a gift of knowledge. Where Paul was, what street he was on, that he, and what he was to do. Go pray for him that he was blind, that he would receive his sight. Now he comes in after that, being operated in that gift, and he operates in the gift of healings. And Paul receives his sight. See how these things all mingle together? That's why people have a hard time discerning. Is that a gift of faith or is that a gift of healing? Is that a miracle? It's because God uses these things all, all together. In Acts 20, 7 through 9, in that region there was an estate of a leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius, sure, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went in to him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him and he healed him. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came, to, to, came and were healed. This is the gift of healings happening through, through the Apostle Paul. So why is it the gift of healings? Why is it the gift of healings and not the gift of heal, to heal? Why is it plural? It's to keep us humble, dependent. There were times when people did not get healed. Did you know that? We, we preach it all. There's times in the Bible that people didn't get healed. If you want to say, well, that was Apostle Paul, you know, well, there's times that he prayed for people and they didn't get healed. Jesus is the only man that that had success in everyone that he ministered to, right? And as we learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and humble ourselves, we will learn to, to have the Holy Spirit move through us more mightily also. In Matthew 17, 9 through 21, the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Talking about a boy that was possessed with the devil. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, notice that word again, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will be moved. And nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except through prayer and fasting. Now what does that mean there? What, what kind doesn't go out but through prayer and fasting? Demons? Right? They couldn't cast them out. Is it because they didn't pray and fast enough? No. This type of unbelief. The reason why they couldn't cast him out was because of unbelief, not because of prayer and fasting. The prayer and fasting disciplined their flesh and their relationship with God so they wouldn't have unbelief. You understand that? So we see that the disciples, they, couldn't, they didn't heal everybody. Look at Paul in 2 Timothy 4.20. Arrestus stayed in Corinth, but Trophimus I left. I have left in Miletus sick. Paul had stuff to do. You know, I, 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 it doesn't say that he prayed for him, but I imagine Paul prayed for uh, Trophimus. But he had to go. He had things to do. He couldn't wait for him to be made well. But what's interesting is later on in his writings, he says that Trophimus has come to him and is a great blessing. So Trophimus did get, was made well. 
See, our job, our job is to have faith in God's word. Our job is to have faith in the truth. Our job is to be obedient and submitted to the Holy Spirit's leading and guidance, right? It's God's job to do the healing. It's the Holy Spirit's job to manifest, right? So we have to be obedient to what the word of God says, not our circumstances. We, we We do not judge God's word through our experiences, we judge our experiences through God's word. Right? Say amen, oh, oh, my, oh me. You know, even Peter, even Peter needed Jesus to get his mother-in-law made well. And a lot of people think that that's why Peter denied Jesus three times, because he healed his mother-in-law. But, no, that's a joke. But, but uh, <laughs> the bad one. But there's a divine purpose why it's the gift of healings. See, healings is plural because there's all different types of diseases, right? And each disease needs the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life to operate in the gift of healings. You have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. It's not some gift that I'm a gifted healing evangelist or something like that. You know, if you notice, a lot of the healing evangelists don't ever pray for anyone. I'm just going to throw them out there. Now, this isn't negative. Benny Hinn, right? He gets a lot, a lot, a lot of bad press. And does he do some stuff that I think are weird? Yeah, but who am I? I'm weird too. There's things I do that are weird. But if you notice that healing happens, when they come up on stage, they're testifying of what God did out in the crowd. They're already healed. Again, it's that atmosphere. It's that believing. It's them grabbing hold of God and his promises and his truth and letting it become real in their life. But again, if they don't learn how to walk that out in the real world, when all of a sudden that tangible, awesome feeling of God isn't there to be able to stand on the authority of the believer and understand how to take their authority and take control over their own body, they, they, they will fail. See, we're supposed to, the, the five-fold ministry is to, for the edify, edification of the church for the work of the ministry. We, our main goal is should be teaching the body of Christ how to walk in the kingdom, how to rule in the kingdom, how to live through Jesus, right? There is a divine purpose before, for it being the gifts of healings. If all nine gifts of the Spirit function through one channel, that person would be like God, They'd have a God complex. If they healed all people that were sick whenever they wanted to, they would be accepted by the world as God. If one person was able to heal every disease among men, they would not be able to stand the praise, honor, and riches that would be lavished upon them. There was only one man that was able to do that, and that was Jesus Christ. And we see this. We see this throughout history of men of God that start out doing amazing works for God and for the glory of Jesus Christ falling under that pressure, falling under the pressure of of being elevated to a place that they should not be. You know, it's one thing for people to give honor and and praise to an individual, but always remember, you know, I, I, I heard this, and this has stuck me for a long time. When people give you any praise or honor and everything. You know, when Jesus came into Jerusalem, he was riding on the ass, the donkey, right? And they were throwing down the palm leaves, and they were worshiping, saying, Hosanna, all these things were happening. And for you to take any of that glory would be about as smart as that, as that ass, saying, oh, look at how much they love me. Look, how, look at how much they're praising me. No, Jesus is just riding on you, Right? And if God wants to use this ass, he can use this ass, but he gets all the glory. And that's how we need to be. That's how we need to be. But we have these men. We have these men and women that have fallen in the pressure. Um, um, McPherson, what's her name? Um, Amy Simple McPherson, thank you. She, she had a, a lot of uh, healings that took place in her 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 um, ministries. And this is just a side note. I just thought this with me read, reading up on stuff. 
This was very interesting to me. This was back, they had oil, oil lamps on the stage, and one exploded on her face, and her face became all blistered, and they actually had to take a bucket of water and throw it on her to put her, put her out, and they took her off the stage. And a heckler, a heckler jumped up on stage when that happened and, and said, first said, the, divine, the one that preaches divine healing has, has, has been hurt. Tonight is closed. The meeting's over. And she was so enraged when she heard this that she walked back up on stage, sat down at the piano, and just started worshiping God on the piano. And the audience was amazed as the blisters and everything on her face slowly just disappeared. And this, this, go research this stuff. This isn't made up stuff. She was on um, the L.A. Times front newspaper multiple times a week. These are, these are documented things that, that took place. And what I want to establish here is that these are men and women that God worked through. We do not worship these men and women. They are not our healer. You know, I talk about Andrew Walmack quite often. And that's because that's where I got my training from. Right? So it's only natural that I would talk about, about him. But one of the things that I've noticed about Andrew Walmack is that as his ministry has gotten bigger, he has stepped back. It used to be he would be in lines praying for people at his crusades till midnight. Now he brings students from his college with him, and he tells everyone, they have the same Holy Spirit in them that I have in me. They'll pray for you, and you'll be made well. See, that's how the body's supposed to look. If you ever experience a person that always is constantly getting you to look to them for your, to meet your needs, run. They're off kilter. They should be pointing that Jesus meets your needs and that you have just as much authority, just as much ability in you as a believer than the one standing up here teaching and preaching and edifying the body. Right? So we're going to look at some examples of some men that have fallen under pressure. And I'm going to, I'm going to pick out some men that are dead because it's easier to talk about dead people than living people. Um, we've talked about him in the past. Dr. John Alexander Dowie, um, he probably had no ministry in modern times that had more amazing healings that took place. In 1900, he purchased a 6,000-acre tract of land in North Chicago and started his own city called Zion. Zion, Illinois, still exists today. In two years, that city's population grew to 10,000. It's amazing that we don't know about this stuff in the church. I mean, I would say that's a pretty successful ministry. The public acclaim and adoration was more than Dowie could withstand. He began to see himself as Elijah and the first apostle of the church. This, along with financial irresponsibility, caused the downfall, and he died sick and broke in 1907. Stephen Jeffries was a Welsh man, and through his ministries, hundreds of people were healed of various elements. He had a gift of healings, particularly for rheumatoid arthritis. They said that people would come into his meetings in wheelchairs and be all bound up like this, and he would bring them up by the wheelchair, and they'd be walking, running, and pushing the wheelchair by the time the meeting was over. And the thing about the gift of healings is, is this. You, you'll find that some people will say, you know, I have the gift to heal backs. Or I have, they make statements like that. And basically what that means is, is that the gift of the Holy Spirit has worked through them in the past that way, and they've seen the manifestation, and they've seen someone get healed, and their faith gets bigger for those areas. You understand what I'm saying? So one night, Jeffrey started laughing in the spirit. He jumped off the platform, went over to a man, lifted him out of a wheelchair. Within three minutes, the man was running up and down the aisle, pushing in his wheelchair. When the sick were healed, they wanted to lavish gifts upon him, and he became a very wealthy man. One night in Africa, there were thousands of healings that were taking place. He spoke these words, ladies and gentlemen, the world is at my feet. 
Stephen Jeffries became ill after that. He, the very thing that he um, had faith to heal, he himself received rheumatoid arthritis. He, was, he spent his last days in a wheelchair, all crippled up, and died of rheumatoid arthritis. Did God do that to him? No. What God did is he stepped back and said, the world can be at your feet. And that opens the door for the enemy to come in. And when you're in that mindset, when you're not depending on God and in his own spirit, he probably realized that what he was doing was wrong and condemnation comes in, guilt. And he didn't stand, he didn't have the faith to stand on, on because of what he had done. See, we need to point to Jesus in everything we do. Another one, Jack Coe, he started exalting himself and his life was cut short. He literally said that God was removing him from the ministry. Many healings happened under Jack Coe. See, he, he realized that what he was doing was wrong. So he makes a statement that God is removing me from ministry. Instead of repenting, what's that mean? That means to change your mind and start glorifying and exalting Jesus and humble yourself. He just received it unto himself. William Renham, another minister, he saw amazing miracles. He too did not remain humble and developed doctrines that were removed from the truth. And he was killed by a drunk driver. See, these things, people start out in these things, because, but they don't remain humble. They start believing what people are saying about them rather than what God has said about them. And pride can come in, and pride comes what? Before the fall. Right? And why do I say all this? I don't say all this because I don't believe that God still heals or anything like that, or God doesn't still work through people. What I say all this is for you not to put your faith in a man. You don't put your faith in individuals. You put your faith in Jesus Christ, right? And if you start operating in the gifts of the Spirit, or when you start operating in the gifts of the Spirit, don't get so high-minded. There's been millions of men and women before you that have operated in the gifts of the Spirit. There's been millions of men and women that have seen multitudes and multitudes of healings take place. You're nothing special. There's nothing new under the sun. The only thing that is special is Jesus, and what makes you special is that he loves you and he's in you. That's it. Amen. Amen. But there's others that stayed humble. Fred Squirrel served Stephen Jeffries, and he had the gift of healings for the blind. There were over 400 people whose eyes were open in his meetings. He would actually get excited. He would get excited when blind people would show up at the meetings because he knew that they would be healed. He knew that they would be healed. Smith Wigglesworth, he was especially blessed with a ministry to minister to minister well, with a ministry to people who suffered from seizures and very of various kinds. Whenever people people with epilepsy were in this meeting, he knew that there would be revival because they were going to be healed. Smith Wigglesworth is an extraordinary, interesting fellow. He he did things that were very, there was a crippled kid that he had sit up on the stage. And he booted him off the stage. And by the t- when the kid hit the ground, he was running. He punched people in the stomach that had uh, tumors in their stomach. I'm telling you, that's the, when the gift, is, the, the gift of healings happens to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, it takes faith. There's, read, read him. He's got many uh, biographies that you can read. He's a very interesting, interesting character. So what is the purpose of healing? The first purpose is because it's the nature of love. God is love. And the reason why he heals is because he loves us. He loves to lavish his love upon us. And it's to manifest the love of God in our lives. Another purpose is to deliver those oppressed with sickness. Acts 10.38 says, How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the power and the Holy Spirit, with Holy Spirit and the power, who went around Healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Right? So the oppression was coming from the devil. Sicknesses of the devil, it's not from God. Third way, 
to confirm the gospel. We already read that. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. These signs will follow them that believe. And how the Lord worked with them, confirming the words that they spoke with signs following, right? To confirm that Jesus is alive. You can write these down. We're not going to look at all these. To attract people to the gospel. Jesus used healing all the time to get people to come and hear the words of truth. And to glorify God. When someone receives healing, they give glory and honor to God for his goodness. Amen. So we're going to stand up as we've done every single with every single one of these gifts. It literally, Paul tells us that we're supposed to be desiring the gifts of the Spirit. We're supposed to be desiring for the Holy Spirit to manifest and move in us. And it, we receive it by faith, right? You receive it by faith. So what we're going to do is we're going to stand, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to, that we are willing and obedient to be used in the gift of healings. And that as he speaks to us, as he points to individuals that need prayer, that when he points, when he says, pray for that person, or compassion, how many times was Jesus, it says he was moved by compassion. When all of a sudden an overwhelming compassion comes over you for somebody, and all of a sudden it says, go, go pray for that person. That you, by his grace, will be obedient. Right? And that he'll start bringing these things to you and that he'll do a work through you. So let's stand up. If, if, you're, if you want that, just let's stand up and we're going to pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the manifest wisdom that is Christ crucified. We thank you that you have not left us orphans, but you have become our father, that you have brought us into the household of God, and that you have sent the Holy Spirit, the third member, the person, the God, God, the Holy Spirit, into our very beings. And Holy Spirit, we just ask right now, we ask that you would move through us and manifest the gift of healings in our life. We desire it. We long for it. Help us. Speak to us, encourage us to move when you say move, to pray when you say pray, to speak when you say speak, to be obedient and humble and submissive when you desire to move and manifest the glory of God through the gift of healings in our life. We thank you for that, and we receive it now in faith and through the promises that were bought and paid for Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.